this morning. If this is your first time, welcome. You're part of our family. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time together this morning in worship time, uh, digging into the Word, and glad that you're here. If you, how much easier would our faith be if we could actually been around when Jesus was born, uh, been able to hang out with him growing up, uh, see him in his ministry, uh, while we had an opportunity to, to physically touch him, shake his hands, give him a high five as a kid, something where we had an opportunity to, to live life alongside Jesus. Uh, and so many times I hear people say, well, it could have been easier, it would be easier, you know, we have to rely on our faith now. And, and that's true. There was a time uh, that there was an opportunity to, to shake the hand of Jesus, uh, to touch him physically uh, while he was doing his ministry, while he was growing up, whatever time in those 33 years uh, that he was here on earth, that that, that would have been amazing uh, to truly understand what it meant to, to be there, that, that God was with us. Uh, and he had so many opportunities, as we read of him uh, with miracles touching others, uh, touching the eyes of a blind and for them to see, uh, for a leper to be healed. Uh, what an amazing opportunity to, to physically be in the presence of Jesus uh, and to experience what that worship would be like and, and to truly see what God with us means. Uh, and we're going to take a look at that this morning. If you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read from 18 to the end of the chapter. And this is the birth of Jesus Christ. This is as Joseph has just experienced and, and understood that Mary is pregnant, uh, that his whole life has just been flipped upside down. There's decisions he needs to make. Uh, all the plans that he had were out the window. Uh, he's, he's in this situation that, that could be a pretty sticky situation for him to have to, to navigate through. Uh, but as we see with this promise from God, uh, that, that things are going to end up turning out all right. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through the end of the chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for uh, this time that we have together to be as a family worshiping you. Father, I pray for open hearts, open minds. Uh, I pray that your spirit will move in this place. Uh, with the, remi the reminder of how much you love us, uh, the importance of your son Christ who came to live among us. Father, I thank you for this time that you may be glorified in every moment of it. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Matthew chapter 1. And just imagine, like I shared before, being able to have time in the presence of Jesus when he lived on this earth. Uh, as a man, as a, as a young man, uh, doing ministry. Uh, and that would have been incredible. And, and so much more being able to see something. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe in things that you can't see. That's what faith is all about. Uh, trusting in the things that are unseen. Uh, but here we are, you know, we, we don't have an opportun opportunity to see Jesus in the flesh uh, as a man. Uh, but we have this promise of God. We have this relationship with God the Father um, that is amazing. And, and that's what I want to hit on, is we're focusing on Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, so let's go back a little bit and start from the beginning, get this big picture of this plan that God had uh, for us. And so verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I was messing around with this phrase in my head all week. You know, God with us, it's not us with God. You know, if I go over to your house, then I'm with you. If you come to my house, you're with me, even though when you're together, I'm with you anyway. But, but I was working on this process of helping us understand that it was all about God coming to us. Uh, it was God that pursued us. It was not us. There's no way that we can get to God on our own. Uh, the preposition with is for people or things that are in a place together. For, for us as sinful man, the only way we can be with God is if we are without sin. And we, we can't be without sin except for one person. And we'll get to him in a second. Actually, like right now. So here's this, here's this process of... of Christ Jesus being uh, our intercessor, being the sacrifice on the cross, being all of these things for us to have access to God, which is what he wanted from the beginning. Uh, back in the garden, I, it showed on one, uh, one passage that talks about uh, God coming into the garden in the cool of the morning, uh, but Adam and Eve, because of their sin already, had to hide themselves because they're ashamed of their nakedness. And I imagine God came and hung out a lot. Uh, but then sin separated uh, man from God. Adam and Eve had to leave the garden, and God was not satisfied with that. He wanted this communion, this fellowship with us. And he knew the plan that he had, uh, that one day he would send Christ Jesus as son to come and to live among us, uh, to be in human form. And so... As we take a look at that, that is the only way that we can get back to a relationship with God. I love using Steps to Peace with God. It's an old track, a witnessing track, but it gives us a picture of the separation because of sin, of man and with God, and there's this big chasm because of, of sin and death. There's no way to, to bridge that chasm. Back to my statement about it can't be us with God because of our sin. But yet man through religion has tried over and over. Good works, going to church all the time, uh, being a good person, trying to bridge this gap to God. And there is no successful way that you can do that. The only way to, to bridge that gap is by the cross of Jesus Christ bridging that gap for us. Um, we're going to take a look at that, of what this means for, for God with us. 
uh, that it's so much more than just this baby that we celebrate during Christmas. And so God did this through his son, Jesus, in the form of man. Uh, so we're going to put on our, our theology hats for a minute and spend some time with the word incarnation. Uh, and, and I used to, I fully got the idea because learning Spanish through junior high and high school, you know, carne is meat. So the incarnation was very much this flesh, this God in flesh form, if you will. God as man. And this is important, so let's, let's work through this a little bit to understand what it means for Almighty God to be in the form of man, uh, Jesus Christ. And that is a key element to us finally having access back to God and fellowship with Him. So the idea of, of Christ incarnate is fully God and fully man. Uh, the choir just sang about that. Uh, and if you will go with me back to Isaiah, Isaiah 9, verse 6. And this is a couple of chapters after the quote from Matthew talking about uh, Emmanuel, God with us. But Isaiah 9, verse 6, says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here is just in this verse alone, this picture of a child being born uh, in human flesh. And Jesus could have said, all right, let's, let's have me come as a, as, as a full-grown man. You know, why would I want to go through the diaper stages, uh, the feeding stages, the puberty stage? You know, God must have loved us a lot for him to have gone through those processes as a child. Okay, so here's this picture, and it's also this picture of humbleness. Uh, the innocent child, the, the God, the Christ came to earth in the most innocent of situations um, as a child. What a beautiful picture of compassion and humbleness that he has. So a child is born, evidence of being fully human, but then look at these words and, and titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's a very radical move for any man to claim to be mighty God. Um, so here within this verse is a picture of Christ as fully God and fully man. Um, and this is necessary for what the process is going to be for us to attain salvation and have access to God. So fully man, the incarnation shows in Christ's humbleness. Like I shared, this, this baby. Uh, he didn't come as this king. He could have come down. Uh, obliterated all empires, any kings, whatever rulers, and said, follow me or perish. But he didn't. He came as a child. He came as a servant of all things, quite the opposite of a king. Uh, the beautiful picture of what it means to follow Christ and to be a servant uh, to others, to serve others in his name. And then Paul glories and, and brings up the humility of Christ in Philippians 2. Uh, you can turn there if you want with me. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Or I can read it to you. I will give you all these verses if you want later. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. says, Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a, of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, 
he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Uh, this humbleness allows Christ to live among us, to give an example of the glory of God in human form, uh, ultimately paying for all of our sins on the, death, on the cross by his death. Looking throughout Scripture, too, you also see the fully God part of Christ. In Colossians, we read that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. In Colossians um, 1.15 is where that's found. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So even John in chapter 1 is talking about who Christ is, that he is God. And back to these titles in Isaiah, wonderful counselor, that we get guidance through his word, that he is a counselor, is an advocate to the Father. The mighty God possesses infinite power, everlasting Father, patience, benevolence, grace, the Prince of Peace, the only true source of peace. I had an inkling over this last week and a half why pastor takes so long going through some of the books, because Already I could have stopped and done like four weeks worth of, of sermons. So I'm with you, Pastor, on that. Um, so here is Christ, fully God, fully man, uh, for us to have a way and access to God. And it's through him. Going back to verse 21 in Matthew, it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this incarnation as God with us brings salvation because we cannot have a sacrifice given that is not pure. So here is Christ as fully man without sin throughout all of these years that he spent on earth. And then you have Almighty God as part of who Christ is. That is the only combination that we can have for a sacrifice given in the shed blood for our sins to be atoned. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And blood obviously only comes from flesh, uh, proving that Christ is fully human. Uh, there wasn't, you know, this, this fake image, these skins that you see on Fortnite or, or Black Ops, you know, this fake facade. It's truly who he was, that he was fully man and needed that blood sacrifice. And because Jesus did take on human flesh, because he lived a sinless life, he was able to offer himself on the cross for our sins. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And this always gets me excited. Um, the phrase that we have obtained access by faith. Here is Almighty God who loves us dearly. Uh, who wants fellowship with us. Who wants to be back in a right, right relationship with us. That he sends his son Jesus to live among us. To ultimately die on the cross. But it's so much more than that. He could have stopped and said here's what you need to do. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you're forgiven, accept him as Lord and Savior, I'll see you when I get to heaven. But why does he give us access? 
is because he wants that relationship with us. Um, even after we accept him as Lord and Savior, uh, we are in this, this faith that we can continue to live out our life glorifying him and having access to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that's an amazing relationship. It is so much more than this religious faction of, of following the rules, doing the right steps, following this process. There's, he wants to get involved in our messiness. Uh, that's why he came to live on earth, to, to live among us, to show what it means to be Almighty God living among us and for us to see his glory uh, in those times. And yes, we in this generation don't have access to physically touch Jesus, um, but we have access to all of who God is because of what Christ did on the cross. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Uh, a picture of Trinity Alert, by the way, Ephesians 2.18, that through Christ we have our access in one spirit to the Father. Um, this picture of the totality of who God is, we have access to because of Christ Jesus coming among, to live among us. And how often do we come up with something that we assign that, that, that stops uh, or limiting our access you know, a, a door that says employees only, or this road or lane is closed. I went on a bike ride with a friend. I won't name who that friend is because I don't want him to get in trouble after what we did. Unknowingly, unknowingly, a um, friend of mine lives by these, the, the, the electric, I can't even think of what it is. All the electrical towers. Um, yes, the power line. So they clear it out so they can, they can take care of the power lines, stuff, whatever, nuts, bolts, wires, gizmos, gadgets. Well, there's trail access because of the vehicles that go or walking, you know, whatever. So we, and I don't know, I won't give who that person is away, but we go to the first gate, okay? We look all over. I mean, 50 yards on either side, there is no sign that says do not enter, okay? looks a little sketchy, but there's no sign. So if anything happens, we're not going to get in trouble. Okay? So we, we go through it, and it hasn't it been a rainy year. It has been muddy riding all year. So we, we get on the access road, down the power lines, and some fun trails, some nasty puddles of water, rusty looking color even. We're having a good time, having to maneuver through some stuff. It's not a regular trail. Then we come to a road next to a neighborhood. We cross the road. Well, there's another gate. Well, this gate has a sign. It looked like the same gate we did going in the first time. So we figured maybe we weren't really supposed to go on that trail after all. Uh, we were limited access on this fun trail. Now, I won't tell you the rest of the story. That's up to your imagination, whether we continued on or whether we stopped. But you have no evidence that I was out there. Um, but how awesome is here is Almighty God that gives us access, unlimited access, understands our condition, um, is not just, you know, here's a little bit of snippet, just enough to, to, to get you through today. Um, here is access to God, complete access for our, the rest of our time on earth and then a glorious time in heaven. 
uh, that we get to spend in eternity. And knowing that with that access, it's not just that we have access to him, it is that as we have opened our hearts to him, he has access to us. Now we can limit that, we can deny some certain areas in our life that we need to give up more, um, but he is a part of who we are. <clears throat> some amazing verses of this picture of God with us. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. <clears throat> Christ in you, the hope of glory, that Christ may make his home in yours, in your hearts through faith. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is an amazing relationship. This is an amazing picture of a God who loves us so dearly <clears throat> that he wanted things right again. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't accomplish that. But knowing that the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross would allow that. Christ was willing. The Father was willing. The Spirit anxious to work in our lives is an amazing picture of this relationship of a God that loves us. And a God with us in our mess. God with us in the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. Um, so hard to work through this and say, okay, great, God's with us. Almighty God, we have access to anything that we need through his power and his strength. Then why does life get stinky? Why is life so messy? Why um, is this situation going on? Why do I have to deal with this relationship? Why is work this way? You know, God, where are you? You know, if you're with me, God with me, which you say, where are you? Why are you not a part of this? But he understands. Look at what Jesus did with this time on earth. <clears throat> that Jesus lived from birth until death alongside humanity. Understanding what it means, uh, challenge, the challenges of growing up, uh, being tempted and knowing what it means to be hungry and thirsty. Hebrews 4 talks about Jesus understands as the high priest and sympathizes with our weakness. What a beautiful picture of sacrifice, truly of a man that loves us in Christ Jesus as man, um, knowing that he is still fully God, that Jesus suffered things in this world that we suffer with, hunger, fatigue. Is anyone tired today? Betrayal, ridicule, rejection, suffering, and death, all without sin. And so he understands, and that makes this gift of a Savior, this gift of this baby child, um, more amazing. If you turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10, this is the last one I'll have you turn to. But this is one of my favorite passages to go to during times that just seem confusing and frustrating and, and like, God, where are you in this? I can't figure this situation out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So the power belongs to God who is in us and not relying on us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, 
so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. What an amazing picture, again, of a God that loves us, that is here in the midst of our chaos until we get to heaven, and, and, and this all access that God with us is a powerful three words in our faith. And I pray that if there's anyone in this room that does not have this knowledge of Christ Jesus as Savior, who does not have this experience of God with us, does not understand, that please come and talk to us. We're going to have, in a moment, a time of invitation. I beg of you to come and seek out the truth of who Christ Jesus is as Lord and Savior. If you're confused, if you have any doubts, come and find someone to talk to, please. To understand God with us truly means the salvation, that our sins are forgiven, uh, that we get to spend eternity in heaven, uh, but more importantly, this intimate relationship with God uh, through the, our rest of our time on earth uh, is so important and so amazing that this is the gospel, that this is the good news, this is the reason for Christmas, that Christ Jesus came into this world, Emmanuel, God with us, to save us from our sin. And I pray that if you don't know what that means to come and share that with, with one of us, to share with you. But what about those of us that do have this understanding of, of Jesus, that do understand who this baby was, who understand what Christ did on the cross for our sins, that we have the saving knowledge of, of our sins forgiven, that we have this relationship with God. What more will that mean for us as we live this life, as we leave today, we enjoy the rest of our day with family, we have a couple of more days off, we get back to the grind at work and at school, wherever we're going, how much more should we glorify God in our lives because God in us and with us? Um, we have such a responsibility with being able to share and be the light in this dark world that we find opportunities to share with our words, our actions, our deeds, whatever it looks like. Uh, if God is with us, he's at work with us. He's at work in us. And we have so much to give, not only as, as individuals, as a church, that we can continue to seek after the things that God wants us to do as a body of Christ, a body of believers. Um, family together, uh, within ourselves and within our relationships, but then those who are in desperate need of a Savior outside of these walls. So what an awesome reminder of who God is, what truly this time of Christmas, the start of God with us um, as a child, and what a beautiful picture of a God who loves us. And as we are reminded of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, uh, that we continue to seek after him and glorify him in all that we do and seek after, pursue him uh, as much as he pursued us, because what an amazing picture that was. Um, we're going to go into a time of closing uh, as I pray. If there's a decision, if you're feeling led by the Spirit to come forward, now would be the time as we end our time together. Father, I thank you for this morning, uh, the reminder of what it means for you to be with us. Father, I thank you for all that you have set in motion. Father, I thank you for the plans ahead of us uh, in our own personal lives and the life of this church, that you continue to help us to see you, that we pursue you with all of our being, 
Uh, Father, that you are glorified in all that we do. Thank you for this time together. Father, I pray for anyone struggling today, uh, that you just pierce their hearts with your truth, that you open your eyes, open their eyes for them to see you in their life. Father, that you are here, that God, you are with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.